You're listening to A Stranger Podcast, www.thestranger.com. If you're stuck in a relationship quandary, or if you're looking for sexual This podcast is brought to you by Audible.com, the internet's leading provider of spoken word entertainment. Get a free audiobook download of your choice when you sign up today. Log on to audiblepodcast.com slash savage today for details. This episode is brought to you by adamandeve.com, where you can find over 18,000 adult entertainment products for every lifestyle. To receive 50% off most any item, plus three adult DVDs, plus an extra gift, plus free shipping, visit adamandeve.com and enter savage at checkout. We're how many hundreds of episodes into the podcast now, and some people are still a little unclear on the whole podcast concept and the phone number thing. 206-201-2720 is the number where you can record something for the podcast. Mail at savagelove.net is the email where you can email me words to put in my column, which goes into print. Uh, I get shitloads of email at mail at savagelove.net. Uh, for the podcast and about the podcast. And I don't usually use those letters because then the podcast would be nothing but me reading emails. But I make an exception for this one. But folks, you know, in future, if you have something that you want said on the podcast, call and record and say it for the podcast. Don't email it to me. But here we go. Dear Dan, I've been listening to the podcast for a few years now and I'm still unclear on the whole podcast concept. And I love it. But I'm still unclear on the whole podcast concept. I love what you have done for sex education, alternative relationship awareness, and frankly, I think Obama would not have won the election without your advocacy. You are high, lady. Plus, you have a great voice and a sense of humor. However, you have been bashing pretty hard on the monogamous lifestyle lately in the podcast, and I don't like it. I am 50% of a healthy, happy monogamous relationship. What about a little tolerance for the monogamous folks? Thanks and kind regards. Well. So how do you feel I've been unfair to the monogamous? Um, well, I I just think that um, it's kind of been a little bit attacking of monogamous lifestyles, and um, I, I understand... your alternative monogamous lifestyle choice. <laughs> I mean, I think it's unbiblical, clearly, if you read the Old Testament, uh, you know, Leviticus and everything. It's, it's super unbiblical. You know, men have like 700 wives in the Old Testament. But if you want to fly in the face of God and have a monogamous heterosexual relationship... I, yeah, don't, I, know, I don't understand, but I certainly support your your choice. Yeah, I guess, um, especially with what's been going on in the news, it's kind of like... Do you mean all these um, uh, politicians tumbling out of the monogamy closet? Right, and so I think some of the comments on the show have been like, hello, monogamy does not work. People who live in delusion, um, maybe that part is a little bit implied, but I'm really happy with my monogamous relationship, and I just... Um, and I, you know what? I'm happy with your monogamous relationship, <laughs> but you know, Jenny Sanford was happy with her monogamous relationship until she found out she wasn't actually in one. Well, there are a lot of people that it works out for. Some people it doesn't. That's and true. Some people it works out for because they never find out. And some people they, it works out because, you know... They actually were successful at this monogamy thing. I, I, I'm into monogamy. I think that you know, if two people make a monogamous commitment, that they should honor that commitment and keep that commitment. The only thing I'm down on, uh, and the thing I despair of, uh, is this attitude that 
you know, monogamy should be the cornerstone on which we build all of our relationships, that it's the rock. When we've seen and we see constantly that people aren't very good at it, that it's a hard road to hoe, we know it's not natural uh, for our species and the vast... But it's kind of the institution that civilization has been built around, really. No, 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 no. Civilization was built around monogamy for women. It wasn't until the last 60 or so years that men were expected to be monogamous, too. Men had concubines, men had mistresses, men had multiple wives, men had whores. Uh, monogamy was invented because men were nervous about their paternity, because you couldn't prove that that was your, your son. You, she could prove it was her child because it popped out of her. But, you know, monogamy really, you know, all, you know for many, many millennia, it was about enslaving women. And I'm fine, you know, it has its practical purposes. You know, it does facilitate a relationship. I don't believe that everybody should fuck everything that moves whenever they feel like it. And there are diseases to consider, and, you know, you don't want to be with somebody who's got 40 kids by 40 different women, unless you're a Mormon nutter, right? So as I'm into exclusivity, I'm into a certain amount of monogamy. I'm just, I just think that we need to be realistic about the odds that over a multi-decade long-term relationship that there is going to be an infidelity. Well, okay, um... But that doesn't mean I'm down on monogamy. I don't want monogamy. I, actually, I, I'm so into monogamous relationships that I want them to survive the inevitable infidelity. Woohoo! Um, but we, I, I just think that um, maybe there could be a little bit more um, uh, patting on the backs for people who are trying to do that and the people that work You guys get your fucking... Backs added everywhere else in the advice overse. Every other advice columnist, every other call-in show, oh, monogamy. Anybody who wants to have a three-way or anyone who has cheated is like the devil. Uh, people are advised that, you know, poly, anybody else, go read, you know, Ask Amy. All she does is whenever any sort of alternative sexual expression comes up, she pees all over it and runs away in horror and disgust. This is the one outpost of, you know, monogamous doesn't necessarily get all the bouquets thrown at it. Can't the non-monogamous folks have just this one little place where the with the where the thumb is on the scale on their side? I guess so. I just recently <laughs> have been having a harder time listening to the show because it's just so like. Well, you uh, need to you need to talk to your fellow monogamists then because it just keeps coming up because all these people who are supposed to be being monogamous keep cheating on their spouses and getting caught. David Letterman, John Ensign, Mark Sanford, like it's people who've made monogamous commitments who keep uh, the, the, the you know the irrationality of expecting lifelong monogamy in the news. I wouldn't be able to talk about it if your fellow folks who are in monogamous relationships would just stay fucking monogamous for five fucking minutes. Alrighty. I'm sorry. I'm beating you up. I, I like you. I like your letter. I wanted to have you on so that you could like defend the cause. I didn't mean to make you depressed, but you know. I, oh no, no, it's okay. I'm also um, not that good at argumentation. <laughs> um, I'm I'm an architect. I'm good at drawing and spatial things. Not really um, critical discourse. Uh, but if you're, if you're ever in the same room with me, you can spatially slap my face. Okay. <laughs> slapping you around argumentatively on the air. Right. But, you know, props to you, props to your man. There are people out there who do it, who are monogamous all their lives, and I support. You know, I've written in my column that, you know, people who want monogamy and are good at it should find other people who are good at it. But people who aren't good at it should find other people who aren't interested in it or don't put a high value on it. Sounds good. Okay, good luck to you and your boyfriend.
Hi, Dan. My name is Allison. I'm a 20-year-old bisexual female um, in a heterosexual monogamous relationship. And I was calling because I'm struggling with my boyfriend, um, how to tell him that he needs to take better care of his body and be in good shape and look sexy for me because I do for him. Um, I also do it for myself because I like to look good, but I need him to know that if he doesn't step up and shape up, it's going to be hard for me to find him physically attractive. I've tried every way. I've nagged him. I've said nothing. I've been positive and encouraging. I've offered to work out with him. I try to help him eat better. And I just don't know what to do. Am I crazy? Am I being a huge bitch? Am I really shallow? Can you please give me some advice? This is one of those questions where if the genders were reversed, I would get in so much fucking trouble for the answer I'm about to give you. But most people won't bat an eye at what I'm about to tell you because I'm telling it to a lady. Uh, You should break the fuck up with him already. You've tried everything uh, to incentivize him taking better care of himself physically. You've ignored the problem. You've offered to work out with him. You've screamed. You yelled. You argued. Blah, blah, blah. And he's not changing for you, weird. He's not changing for you. Uh, And he's communicating back you know you're doing all this communication except when you're giving him not addressing it you've done all this like crazy communicating well he's communicated to you through his actions which is whatever it is about his lifestyle that is uh, destroying his looks which is a heterosexual male pastime in america he prefers that to your sexual fulfillment and prefers that to you being sexually attracted to him he that places a greater value on those Domino's pizza with the stuffed cheese crusts and whatever else he's stuffing down his gullet to you wanting to fuck him. So time to move on. End it. Uh, end it now. You're only 20. It's too soon for you to be saddled with someone uh, that you find unattractive and who doesn't value your attraction to him. And now a little thought experiment. I want everybody to go back and re-listen to that call and pretend I was giving that advice to a dude about his girlfriend. And then just imagine the phones lighting up uh, with the outraged calls. I'm an equal opportunity fat-bashing body fascist. I think that girls uh, should maintain for guys when they're dating guys. And I think guys should maintain for girls. I think it's a matter of simple respect for your partner to take care of yourself, particularly if you are in a monogamous relationship where you're it. You're all they get. Hey, Dan. Um, I'm a 19-year-old by college kid. And right now, I have started to see a closeted gay at my school. The thing is, uh, right now, we're just meeting up mostly to hook up and stuff. But slowly, we've started going on more dates and date dates. And I wouldn't mind necessarily, but he would have to get out of the closet if that was going to be the case. But I don't want to bring that up because I don't want it to be like an emotional investment. Because right now, we're just hooking up and it's fun. But if I start bringing out, like, bringing up how he has to get out of the closet, if we're going to start dating, then I don't want to give the wrong idea. For a lot of closeted young gay guys, that's how it works. They, particularly now with the internet facilitating uh, a hookup culture where you don't have to, like, step into a gay bar and you're not surrounded by people who are out uh, and you're not outing yourself potentially to other people in the room or people see you on the street. 
a lot of people start meeting and sleeping with somebody and then an affectionate bond emerges and then they suddenly want to date and their closet, uh, the desire to remain closeted is brought into conflict with their desire to have a relationship because you really can't have a relationship while you're closeted, not a very successful one and not a healthy one. So what should you do? Should you, you know, do is the blanket advice for guys your age, don't date closet cases? No, because often the closet case when he starts sleeping with somebody who's out and healthy and living with some integrity and has ethics, you become the incentive for them to come out. And that's what you should do. That's how you should present yourself to him. You should say, I'm fine with the hooking up. I'm, I dig you. The sex is fun. You're a really great guy. But dating while you're closeted is really impossible. That doesn't mean that you have to come out to everybody all at once and you know email blast the whole school and tell your parents in the next half hour before we go to that movie and grab dinner. It just means you need to start coming out of the closet because as an openly bi guy, I can't be in a relationship with someone who is closeted because that requires you to step back into the closet. That requires you to lie for them. That requires you to really re-inhabit the shame that you left behind when you came out. Then give him some time. Keep, you know, keep fucking some sense into him. Keep being a part of his life erotically because then you are the incentive again for him to come out. But there's a time limit, you know, three, six months before you become totally emotionally invested. Uh, he needs to uh, make good faith effort to start coming out of the closet. And, you know, this is a caveat. I'm gonna, this, is, this only applies, I really think, to high school and college age guys. This like dating the closet case and regarding yourself really as a on a mission of mercy where you are banging them uh, and also serving as an example of the life they could lead the, 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 and what they could have. They could have a relationship. They could be out. They could you know leave the fear and shame behind and they see that in you and in your life and that's valuable and that actually helps a lot of people uh, who are struggling with their desires uh, for sex and intimacy and their desire uh, to remain closeted. So I'm not, I don't, don't, don't not fuck him anymore. Keep fucking him for a while, but tell him that dating you're up for as long as he is emerging from the closet. Today's podcast is brought to you by audible.com, the leading provider in spoken word entertainment. Audible has over 35,000 titles to choose from to be downloaded and played back anywhere, just like the Savage Lovecast. Log on to audiblepodcast.com slash savage to get a free audiobook download of your choice when you sign up today. To the previous caller, I would recommend if you want to download an audiobook for your closeted little friend, Mississippi Sissy by Kevin Sessoms is available at audible.com. It's a memoir about growing up gay in the South, and it is really freaking terrific. And you can download that today for free at audiblepodcast.com slash savage. Hi, Dan. Um, I had a very brief and intense affair with this um, terrific man. Um, the thing is, I told him that I didn't want a commitment, um, that I was seeing other people. And he was okay with that. Um, but all of a sudden, he has abruptly, st we've stopped talking. He hasn't called me. Um, I was wondering, you know, it would have been nice for him to say, hey, you know what, uh, this isn't working out for me. Um, Goodbyes would have been okay. Um, I can't stop thinking about him. So I was wondering, do you think I should send him an email or call him and say, Hey, what, what's going on? 
why would you even hesitate to send him an email or call him to ask him what's going on? Uh, you say you haven't heard from him, but has he heard from you? Perhaps. Maybe you called a few times to say, hey, let's go, and you didn't hear back, and then you just stopped trying. Uh, I suspect that the reason you may have cut off all communication was that perhaps he wasn't okay with you seeing other people um, and told you he was in the moment because he felt sort of obligated to not be a downer or whatever and then reassessed the relationship and wanted out. And like a lot of guys, he just disappeared. Uh, and you wonder now why it ends. Some, you know, Occam's razor, sometimes the most obvious answer or often the most obvious answer is the correct one. I'd say the most obvious answer here is he wasn't okay with you seeing other people and he ended it. And he would probably tell you that uh, in an email if you would uh, just over up an email on that question. Looking to spice things up in the bedroom? Fantasizing about surprising your lover with an adventurous new toy or adult movie? Well, here's an offer you won't be able to resist. Go to adamandeve.com for a limited time only. You'll get 50% off just about any item. And that's not all. There's more. You'll also receive three free adult DVDs plus a free extra gift plus free shipping on your entire order. Check out adamandeve.com today for this special offer. That's adamandeve.com and enter Savage at checkout. Hi, Dan. I am a 22-year-old bisexual girl in a small city, and I have a crush on a 37-year-old man. Um, My main concern is that he works at the local bike shop that I go to, and um, that's how I know him. And I want to keep going there, but I also want to get to know him more. And I'm not sure if I want to be in a relationship with him or if I just want to be strictly sexual. Um, I would go for either one. But um, in talking to a lot of people to get my courage up to ask him to go do something with me, I've been shot down a lot because, you know, there is a generation gap and... I don't know if we'd have anything in common, and all kinds of questions are running through my head. Um, My other concern is, how the hell do I even ask him? Because the only thing that I can do is uh, go into the shop and ask him in front of his coworkers (laughs) or via Facebook. The reason I would know that I want to see him again is because I did go home with him, after seeing him outside of the shop for the second time. And we stayed in a great morning together. We didn't have sex. And he was still very emotionally and physically accommodating. And wow, there's just so much going through my mind. Give me your advice. Jesus, speaking of ovarying up, you already spent the night with him in your Hamlet, all hesitant. You don't know what to do or how to approach in front of your coworker at Facebook. Just ask him the fuck out again. Walk into the store and say, hey, that was really fun the other night when we hung out. Who cares if his coworker's here? And then say, I'd like to do that again. And hand him your phone number and chuck him on the shoulder and say, hey, no weirdness if you're not into it. And walk the back fuck out of the store. How hard is that? Sometimes I'm I'm amazed that there are as many billions of people on the planet as there are. People are so hesitant. You want him. 
And, 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 you know, the generation gap, yeah, there might be a generation gap. There might be a problem there. There might not be. There are a lot of relationships with 15-plus year age differences that have worked out fine. And you're not even sure you want to marry the man. You just want to fuck him, at least. Start there. I'm sure he'll appreciate the offer, even if he doesn't take you up on it. Hi, Dan. Um, I have a question, but I, it kind of makes me sound really conceited. Um, well, I've I've been with my boyfriend now for about a year. He's 27. He'll be 28 in April, and I'm 20. And I mean, I really, I really love him. He's 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 my best friend, basically. Um, and this is probably the healthiest relationship that I've ever had. My issue is that he's balding, like really, really bad. <laughs> like not like not like 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 typical male pattern baldness. I'm talking like you can start, you can already see the outline of Dr. Phil happening. Um, what should I, what should I do? I mean, he's gone, he's gone to his dermatologist and all that because I mean, he doesn't, he doesn't want to go bald either. He's, he's very sad about it. Um, but I mean, of course, being only 27, he, you know, I mean, it doesn't really make very much sense for him to go and get hair plugs or anything. But at the same time, I mean, I, I, I really want to stay with him and all that. And I get that I'm young and that I have more opportunities to be with other people. But at the same time, I kind of don't want to be with Dr. Phil for the rest of my life. So what do you think I should do? If you break up with this guy because he's going bald and that's the only reason you break up with him, all your future boyfriends will develop leukemia shortly after you begin to date them. That's just going to be karmic payback forever. There's not a lot you can do about this. You know, I think it's kind of shallow to dump somebody just because they're balding for no other reason. He doesn't have to turn into Dr. Phil. He doesn't have to be a multi-chinned sort of bag of slop with a bald heads perched on top of it. But he does need to embrace the baldness. You can't run from it. Really, you can't. You can't escape it. Uh, the drugs don't really help. The hair plugs look a little ridiculous. Uh, he needs to shave his head now. He needs to take clippers to his head and take it down to the scalp and leave it there for the rest of his life and be boldly and proudly and unashamedly bald because that's where he's going. And if you don't want to go there with him, you know what? Do him the favor of dumping him now uh, while he's still got some hair, I guess, uh, and reconcile yourself uh, to a lot of visits to the chemotherapy wards with all your future boyfriends. Hi, Dan. My name is Eva. I'm a student in Massachusetts. And my question regards a story that was relayed to me by a friend. Um, he's in a, a drawing class where they draw nude figures. And one day um, in the class, they were drawing a man who he says was about 60 or so. Um, and he was nude. The class was a co-ed class filled with people generally in their early 20s and a professor, and he was in a pose that he typically, they typically stay in for about 20 minutes, and um, was just sitting there, not touching any part of himself, and he orgasmed, and like actually ejaculated. Um, and uh, besides the situation at the time being very awkward for my friend and very uh, funny to him, I'm just left with an overwhelming curiosity of why that happened. Um, and like if it's a fetish and also if 
if that could have been an accident or if that man probably like gets that job so that he can be turned on by people drawing him. I'd like your friend to call in and explain just what happened. Uh, this caller called back with the detail that the man was not erect when he ejaculated, which leads me to believe the man may have been incontinent, perhaps, and his incontinence was misinterpreted. But perhaps he did ejaculate. You know, you can have an orgasm without being erect. There are men who have had prostate surgery who uh, can't get erections anymore but can still uh, experience orgasm through the stimulation of the nerve endings with a totally soft dick. The odds that someone at 60 could psych themselves up, uh, that they could will themselves to have an orgasm, seem extremely slim. Although someone you know who is perhaps an exhibitionist uh, and a bit of an asshole uh, and was so turned on by this drawing class thing and had all his life perfected this method of ejaculating without being hard and just using his brain waves uh, – I'm not going to say that guy couldn't possibly exist. It just seems like a pretty rare bird, and I'm not quite buying it. I'm thinking maybe he shifted in his seat and uh, urine came squirting out that was in his urethra and your friend misinterpreted it as uh, – as an orgasm because you know did was he seized by it did he shudder did he come did it go flying like what the fuck exactly happened to have your friend give me a call hi dan my name is jeff i am 40 years old my boyfriend's 27 uh, we got together about 11 months ago uh, i'm pretty masculine he's pretty feminine um <clears throat> he has some sexual hang-ups and guilt and shame and is generally uncomfortable talking about sex our sex anyway um, so I'm really apprehensive about asking him about this. Um, I saw that he'd been looking at straight porn on Xtube. Um, I don't know how to begin to process this. Um, he seemed to like to look at women getting fucked from behind, not in the ass, but just from behind. And could it be that he feels like a woman? He wants to be a woman? He's given no indication of that. He likes fucking me sometimes. He does do drag, although he's only done it once since we've been together, and, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It just kind of creeps me out. I mean, I shouldn't say it creeps me out. I just don't, why would he look at straight porn? I don't know. I'm like, I'm not a straight guy, and I don't want to be with a woman. I don't know. It's really, really disturbing for me. So, your boyfriend, perhaps like a lot of guys who are gay, has probably grown up watching a bit of straight porn. Like, it's easier to access straight porn. Like, when guys, when gay guys are young and closeted, it's safer to acquire gay porn, or straight porn, in case your parents find it. And what he may be looking at, the little gay kid, is the dick and the guy and the straight guy. And a lot of gay guys will then acquire a taste for that kind of pornography. And they're sort of blurring the woman out or, or projecting themselves into the female role. And, you know, there is sort of, you know, an active-passive role, male-female, for lack of a better term, yeah. And I wouldn't worry that he's transgendered secretly or he really wants to be a woman or well, that he thinks like, you're a woman. And I think it's telling that the porn you found is women being fucked doggy style where you're not like looking at their breasts or faces. Yeah, and it's okay. easier to imagine that that person getting boned by that guy is is a dude. Okay. You know, if he was watching titty-fucking videos and, and cunnilingus videos, 
I would say, well, maybe he's a bit bi, or maybe he just likes to watch straight guys who are super turned on, and maybe that also is still part of it. Um, the, the bigger issue here is he's uncomfortable talking about sex. Just because he's uncomfortable talking about sex doesn't mean you have to round yourself down to uncomfortable talking about sex out of consideration for his hang-ups. You yeah. should be direct and honest and sort of role model. That's the sort of <laughs> uh, role of the day is role modeling. Um, okay. Role model for him a greater degree of comfort and openness. and Be like, I saw that you're looking at those videos. That's great. What goes through your head when you I can't watch straight guys, uh, however hot they are in, in straight porn. It doesn't do it for me. I like my, gay, my born gay, but you don't, uh, obviously. So what, what does it for you? I'm curious because... We're having sex, and I dig you, and I want to know about your turn-ons. Okay. Well, I mean, I do that some. I mean, I've, I've tried to, you know, um, you bring it up in a, you know, in a positive, not that specifically, but different things about sex in a positive way. And, um, it, and he's just pretty uncomfortable. I mean, not always, just about some things. And How is he when he's uh, got a beer in him? How is he when he's smoked a little pot? Um, that's true. Yeah, that's, um, yeah, actually, if he smoked some pot, then he's definitely more comfortable talking. Um, you know, we need, sometimes we need our inhibitions to be lowered. People say, oh my god, drugs and alcohol, they lower your inhibitions, it's dangerous. Well, sometimes we rely on them to lower our inhibitions, so I would get him stoned and then talk about it. But you can't talk to him about it like, oh my god, this is a crisis. Right. And I, I'm, I'm wondering about the person that you are. And I'm threatened and worried because you're just going to spook the shit out of him. Right. And then he'll be really afraid of you policing his every turn on, his every, like, stray sexual thought. You know, you need to be upbeat about this and not threatened by it. What if he did, you know, some part of his brain and some part of his turn on was thinking, I'm getting fucked like a bitch. I'm getting fucked like a woman. What well, that that's okay. That's okay. That, that part's all right. Um, it's just, yeah, I just, you, I couldn't just don't want to be a woman or want to become no, a woman. Exactly. And but listen to this, just last night he said, um, he was talking to his, uh, girlfriend about, um, was, uh, does she like it in the butt? And she's like, not really. And he's like, well, I do, but only because I don't have a vagina. And I was like, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know, it just kind of geeks me out. Uh, but... How honest is that? I'm, I'm sitting here thinking, okay, if I had a vagina and a butt, where would I like it? You know, well, probably the, I, vagina, the vagina would probably solve a lot of problems, you know? Yeah, I guess, yeah, yeah. You know, like the whole Santorum issue, you, uh... No. You know? Yeah, okay. I think if I was a woman, I would rather get it in my twat. But I don't know, I'm not a woman. But he's obviously right. curious about the female experience, and that's only natural for a gay guy. We share some things with women. We are attracted to men. You know, those of us who are bottoms are versatile, we enjoy being penetrated by men like women are. And so he, that he feels some camaraderie with women about their sexual lives and their sexual roles isn't an indication that he wants breast implants. Right. It's not. Yeah. It's totally. It's totally understandable and natural, and you need to okay. not freak out about it. Okay. All right. You, I, you I, give him the benefit of the doubt. You know how few gay men who are thirty and openly gay and have boyfriends become are transsexual, become female to or male to female transsexuals. It's infinitesimal the number. Vastly right. small. Okay. Good. You know, right after I called, I was like, oh, it's probably all right. It's probably not a thing. And I, I never did talk to him about it. Um, we should talk to him about it. You should have a sense of humor about it. And you should be able. You should be honest and say, you know, sometimes it squeaks me out when you say those things. And that's my problem, I realize. 
Okay. Don't accuse him of having issues or problems. Right. Like, wow, you really like to watch straight porn. I saw all those X-Tube clips. Uh, were the guys hot? Um, you know, the weird thing, you didn't see them hardly at all. It was all just like he was holding the video camera and like pointing down. That was like all you really... and dick and dick going yeah. now. Yeah. Well, sounds like it was about the dick and not the lady. Right. How much, how much twat could you see? Um, actually, not barely any. Well, there you go. All right. Chill the fuck out. He wanted to right. a little straight dick in action because he's gay. Alright. Not because he's a, a lady wannabe. <laughs> okay. Alright, good. Talk to you later. Alright, thanks so much. Bye. Hey Dan, this is Kevin in Chicago. I was just listening to Podcast 155, and in the beginning you were talking about um, the university rules, and you said retarded, and then changed it to leotarded, and then said balls and changed those to ovaries. And I've listened to all of your podcasts, so I know what that means. But um, you sound retarded when you say that. And I think it's retarded for people who are overly sensitive to come down on you for um, that. You know, those are words. Those are, that's what people say nowadays. Stop being a pussy because you are backing down to these people, yet you have no problem telling callers who are asking for your advice when they're being stupid and when they're being, you know, when they're being retarded. So I think that you should, you know, take your own advice and stop being stupid and stop, you know, bowing down to people who need to get over themselves and need to stop being overly sensitive about words because um, it sounds kind of gay. And uh, as you can tell, I am gay and I have no problem with that word because, again, it's just a word. Anyways, love the podcast and keep it up. You know, there really are people out there who are retarded, and they have feelings. And there are people out there who are leotarded, and they have feelings. And we don't want to risk offending anybody, you know? So we should be very careful about the language we use, the words we choose to use. We should think before we speak. Perhaps we just – we should just sit quietly and not say anything out loud at all, lest we offend. I actually don't think I could do that for very long, much longer than I just did it. Um, but I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna do it for the rest of the day. I'm gonna take a vow of silence. Two oh six. After I give you the number, two oh six two oh one two seven two oh is the number here at the podcast, and we're gonna leave it there for the week. If you'd like to record a call or comment leotarded or otherwise for a future program give us a buzz 206-201-2720 you download us every week at thestranger.com slash savage i blog every day at slog.thestranger.com where you can read the savage love letter of the day and me and the tech savvy at risk youth who are world famous everywhere i go people want to know about the tech savvy at risk youth i was just at WSU. I was just at the University of California, Santa Cruz, and half the questions are about the tech savvy at risk youth and how you get to be one of the tech savvy at risk youth. They are the chosen. They are the leotarded. You must be tapped. You cannot apply. But we'll be back at you next week with another installment of the Lovecast. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.